0: Welcome to The Build-Up on Balls.ie, in association with Ladbrokes. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to The Build-Up on Balls.ie with me, Mick McCarthy. Every week we look ahead to the biggest events of the sporting weekend. There's none bigger this week than the Six Nations. We're here, obviously, in association with Ladbrokes and Ladbrokes ambassador. Stevie Ferris joins us, as he always does. Stevie, how are you?
1: yeah not too bad thanks it's uh it's pissing down in Belfast so uh <laughs> yeah it's, good to be inside. it's one of those days and um it's not too bad that there is a lockdown because you wouldn't be doing too much outside but anyway we have a big rugby weekend to look forward to a few huge fixtures so uh yeah I think it's been a bit doom and gloom hasn't it Mick with with COVID and everything and having a, a Six Nations opening weekend it's given everybody something to look forward to, um, and I know we can't go to the pub or we can't go to the stadiums to watch the games. We'll be able to tune in on TV or or online or on social media and be able to to catch up. So, um, yeah, exciting weekend or rugby ahead.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's that's where I want to kind of start. We look ahead to the tournament. There's a lot of rugby to talk about, but I suppose just as an overall sense, you know, when we talked in autumn, we were kind of thinking it's hard to kind of get up for this. Fair enough, that wasn't the Six Nations; it was the the last couple of games of an already played out tournament, then followed by a kind of a made up tournament that we kind of got through our November fixtures with. But this is the real Six Nations. We're a lot more used to playing behind closed doors. It do, still doesn't feel like it's kind of like Ireland, they're playing in Cardiff on Sunday because people aren't going over, they're not planning trips, they're not, you know, so on and so forth. But at the same time, I think there is more of a feel of excitement And oh God, we've got seven weeks of this now than there probably has been in rugby in general really since lockdown.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Megan. Even like, you know, finishing off the last six nations, it almost felt like we should have just scrapped it. You know, it didn't feel like there was anything on the line. Um, Where now when it's come round again, it certainly feels, you know, the build-up to it. I know Europe didn't go ahead, but a a couple of good games in the Pro 14, especially in Ireland, uh, between the provinces, and it seems to be building nicely. Uh, all the lads are in camp. They're in their bubbles. Um, I believe, uh, well, I'm, I'm fairly sure that Ireland actually trained against Ulster there during the week in in, uh, in the facility, indoor facility down in Dublin. And it was uh, it got pretty tasty. Um, I think there was some live mauling, and they're ready and raring to go. And I think everybody is is excited to see what it's going to throw up. And you know with with having no crowd um i think the last time i played with no crowd it was maybe at an under 16s match for Lisburn uh, lisbon rsc or something back in the day but I, I i've been at a lot of games with no fans and it is extremely difficult the atmosphere um you know trying just trying to get yourself fired up and you know a lot of teams especially in this competition make feed off emotion uh, from their home fans especially you know france and italy um, I think Ireland, England and Wales are, and Scotland to a certain extent are much better at just getting into their own individual zones um, and performing. But, you know, that's going to be a factor certainly in, in how results go uh, during the, the, the tournament. But it certainly feels, to go back to what you were chatting about, that there's uh, the Six Nations is kicking off and this really does mean something. Um, and, you know, with, with all the teams... Uh, selected, all the squads selected. The anticipation is is certainly at boiling point
0: now. Yeah, absolutely. And just as part of that anticipation, you're looking at kind of how the tournament's going to go. And, you know, looking at Ladbroke's odds, certainly, you know, Ireland definitely on the periphery a little bit, you know, after a kind of a, a tough couple of years, really. But, you know, not out of it completely. But it does seem like it's England, obviously, champions, France are the team to look for. Now, I'm. we'll talk about England, and look, I mean, they've got so much talent to burn. It's, you know, the, the, nearly every game that they play at the moment is nearly theirs to lose, you know. But I am just so interested in France. You know, I was looking at, believe it or not, the stats all the way back to the start of the uh, Five Nations, um, when they joined it for the second time after World War II in 1947, they've never gone this long without winning the tournament. It's 2010 since they last won it? But last year, obviously, we saw signs of a young siding team, Galtier at the helm. It's always the ludicrous French coach that we're always dismissing at the start of a tournament, but it's not the case now. And we've got, you know, they missed a lot of players in the autumn and young guys came in and stood up and, you're thinking, God, there's strength of depth there, there's youth, there's excitement, and we haven't seen this around the French team in ages. Am I just kind of saying Six Nations needs fans and I want them to be really good, as opposed to actually analysing and saying they are really good? You know, it's there's a sense yeah. of me that I wonder, is it too early to say that they're genuine contenders just yet?
1: No, they're definitely genuine contenders. I think they're second favourites in the bookies. Um, that game in the Autumn Nations Cup, when they fielded, fielded a some might say a B team against England, and, and England obviously went on to win that by three points in the end with, uh, I think, Farrell knocking over that penalty. So, mm. you know, they're there, they're about plenty of strength and depth. Um, the only negative coming into this tournament is they're carrying in a few injuries. Young Entomac, who's uh, been fantastic at out-half for them, um, looks like he's going to miss the opening. couple of fixtures. Uh, Camille Chat, who's the hooker, who's a, a live wire explosive um, we all see the see the pictures of him when he walked out playing for Racing '92, and you know they all had their dicky bows on, and his was left open because his neck was so big. <laughs> he could get the dicky bow round it. Uh, he'll be a big loss, um, but they've shown in the Autumn Nations Cup that they do have strength and depth, and these guys will come in. Um, Aldrat looks like he's going to be able to, to to pick himself up from a, a knee scope injury um, and get back in there. So yeah, they're definitely contenders and I think everybody wants wants France to do well because we all reminisce of the style and flair of rugby that they've played with over the last couple of decades and you know they've been chopping and changing coaching staff of you know probably over the last seven or eight years and they don't seem to have um, had a really good foundation in place and I think over the last more in essence they, they should have won the rugby world cup quarter final against uh against wheels you know that uh knock on or the, the the offload over the line or whatever happened i can't remember you know they should have got into a semi-final but since then they seem to have kicked on yeah they seem to have found their groove galtier seems to have been really consistent in the squad that he's picking he's given guys opportunity i know we we say the same thing an awful lot and when it comes to picking squads and that but there seems to be a bit more of a belief running through France and. When they have that they're a very dangerous outfit uh, and i certainly believe that they'll be in with the chance now they have to come to ireland in their second game um, everybody thinks that they they will you know, get a good win away in italy i think that the handicap for that match is around 20 points 21 points and you would expect them to beat italy by 20 points because of italy not having that home crowd the way they play on emotion mm. um playing for that badge. so you would expect them to get a good win but it's as if it, it's if they can back it up the week afterwards heading to Ireland um to to try and get a result so you know a lot everything can change um in the first two opening rounds Mick if if things don't go uh their their way for France or England or Ireland um you know they could find themselves in a difficult spot so the opening two weekends are crucial to keeping that ball and keeping that momentum going forward
0: yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it, it it is a pity almost when you look at a handicap like you know, minus twenty for this week, because whenever even Fran- even when France were at their best, there was something about that fixture in Rome that, you know, I think they were caught a couple of times. I think they might have beaten France more than anybody else in the tournament, except for possibly Scotland. We might have that wrong, but it just feels like those days are gone for Italy, you know, and we're not even probably going to give them too much time here in in this preview. And and, you know, just watching them obviously uh over the last kind of year or so they just seem to have taken such a step backwards it's 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 just a pity to see really but i mean again we've seen them rebirthed a few times as well it's not it's not a given thing that this is forever
1: yeah it's not like you know let's call it how it is you know italy haven't won a game since uh their win away away to scotland in 2015 you know february 2015 that's the last time they won uh a six nations match like it just hasn't been good and looking through the fixtures last night that they played there's maybe only two or three of those games that were tight in the end you know the rest of the time they're getting blown away so um you know looking ahead in the tournament this is where it kind of gets interesting from an italy point of view they're, they're they're a team that hangs in for certain periods of time throughout matches and you know if, if they have a couple of defeats and you're looking at rounds three four five And the handicap could maybe be thirty points, thirty-five points when Ireland or or Scotland or even England come to play Italy. You know, usually they're a good team to back when um you know everybody's writing them off um and they have to put in a performance to try and turn it around. Now performance for Italy is trying to keep it a close game and you know, maybe edging ahead on the scoreboard for thirty minutes or forty minutes but ultimately losing the game by maybe a score or two. Um, and just keep an eye out for those higher handicaps creeping in, especially if France can put a, uh, you know get off their good win and uh, put on maybe 20 or 30 points on them this weekend. It will certainly have an effect on those handicaps moving forward. But, yeah, Italy in g- general, you know, the, the Haviwani, um and Bampa in, in the back row is a good player as well. So they do have a few players there, but they've always struggled at half-pack, always struggled to... Get foothold in games, um, playing the right areas of the pitch. Their discipline is usually extremely poor, um, and, and you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Connor O'Shea with bags of experience, or you know, it's another coach that goes in there. It just doesn't seem to be clicking, um, and that's unfortunate to see. And mm. a lot of people making shouting for Georgia and, and other teams to come in and possibly re- replace them. Um, but we'll see what this championship throws up and hopefully a league can, can maybe give a couple of the big boys a bit of a scare.
0: Yeah, you'd like to see them competitive for sure. Uh, the rest of the teams you would think will be competitive. As I said we'll talk about England, we'll talk about the Ireland Wales game and we'll talk about both of those teams. Scotland, though, right? Like, Every, you know, you guys had a conversation on RT that was brilliant in November about them constantly promising to flatter to deceive. Me and you have talked about it a good few times over the years as well. I just get the sense that you're just fed up with the media coverage of them, and I understand why. But I will just put it to you: they've <laughs> got Finn Russell back. You know, oh God, I'm reading on the BBC that he's like favourite to be lines number ten. I don't know about that now, but he is a bit. It's, it's a big step up at ten to have Finn Russell back. And, you know, they've got this this guy Redpath that they've taken from from England who, you know, people are talking up as, you know, like the, their future in the centre is 21. You know, that's a big improvement to the team straight away if this guy is is, is the real deal. You will have seen him play more than I will at, at club level. But, you know, you've still got Hogg, you've still got everything. They were just so poor in November. It is really hard to take them seriously even with that upgrade, though.
1: It is. Yeah. Um... You know young cameron uh, redpath that's actually brian redpath you remember the scrum house yeah for Scotland. that's his yeah. son so um you know he obviously comes from a good pedigree of, of rugby players in his family um i would know brushy very well like uh, his father so yeah uh, hopefully he, get, he, he gets a run but you know very limited experience um he's limited experience at club level never mind international level mm. uh, not not capped Um, he's been out with an injury for a long period of time as well but reading uh, tabloids and social media it looks like this guy's gonna you know get some game time over the next few weeks so hopefully it goes well for him and of course you're right the the big talking point is finn russell and, and why is it finn russell it's because we all remember the fallout between him and gregor townsend when they were having an argument over you know having another beer or something and finish yeah. took himself off and uh you know back to racing 92 played club rugby and just forgot about the international stuff and they seem to have rekindled their relationship um seems to be on a much smoother path and if uh if gregor can keep him happy and uh i think he's a bit of a character too you know he would add a lot to the dressing room it's a it has to be only a positive for scotland like we all know he's He's got so much to his game, like you know, and in terms of his his kicking ability, his variation of kicks, his chipping in behind, um, his offloading ability, takes the ball to the lines, not scared to take it on himself. But at the same time, I haven't seen it, haven't seen it enough in international rugby to say that um, you know he's going to be a starter for the Lions like in the summer. Um, I think Owen Farrell would have something to say about that. But for <laughs> yeah. sure, he's definitely going to make Scotland's. A stronger team and i actually fancy them to beat the handicap against england it's the first game in twickenham no no crowds yet again um you know england just talking a bit about england i think there's going to be no Mako Vinopolo, no joe martyr he's taking himself off for his kid's fourth or fifth birthday or whatever it is um <laughs> so, like he's not involved in the squad so you're probably looking at ellis Gaines, who's going to start um at loose head uh there's a couple of other injuries um who, who fell out of the back row one of the, the back rowers fell out that's usually a weekend week guy week um and you know if they have a, a bit of an off day scotland could could certainly give them a run for the money we all remember the 38 38 draw uh yeah you know two years ago when scotland should have won it like uh the calcutta cup but unfortunately haven't and unfortunately as well the stats say that Uh, Scotland haven't beaten England in England since 1983, so you know the odds are stacked against them. But I think it's a fifth, actually, might might have dropped a little bit. Fifteen point handicap, which is obviously more than two converted scores, and I would fancy Scotland to get inside that fifteen point handicap at at usually ten to eleven.
0: Okay, well that's interesting to me now. And again, I presume you're thinking that England will win the game. Um, But does that uh, belie any kind of like doubts in your in 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 your? Um, analysis that England might not be all that or might not run away with it this year you know like I mean there is a fear I think among people we're talking about France we thought we know Ireland will will have a say Wales will talk about Scotland but you know there is this fear they're six to five to win the tournament They're 15 to eight to win the Grand Slam and they don't show many signs at least for me of slowing down um, at the moment but do you sense that there might be some opportunities there for the other teams?
1: Definitely, yeah, I definitely do. And the reason for that is because of the the game plan that Eddie Jones and the rest of his coaching staff have tried to implement um, in international rugby. And it's been heavily criticised uh, all over the world um, You know, with the, this pragmatic kick the leather off the ball, playing in the right areas of the pitch, get a penalty, kick three points, and then reset and go again. And... You know it nearly cost them in the autumn nations cup final against against france it nearly did ca- uh, catch them out and if they come up against a good uh, a a good team with a with a really strong defense i think they might struggle at times their attack just doesn't seem to offer much like you know box kicking you you're entering the 22 and all of a sudden you know young's puts up a box kick like you, you know you're just going scratching your head on mm-hmm. as a youngster when you enter the half it's all about continuity and you you know keeping hold of the ball and going through phases and trying to tire the, the opposition and then trying to get an edge um, when their numbers down and you've you've sucked them in that for me that's what, what rugby is all about but it seems to have changed a little bit and i think the club rugby is a much or pro 14 and gallagher premiership to a certain extent has been a much better watch than international rugby over the last year um especially when england are playing so yeah. For me, I think teams will be looking at that and saying, you know, if we can get our noses ahead, ten, you know, twelve points on the scoreboard, yeah. on the scoreboard against England, you could definitely give them, definitely rattle them, and try and get them to play a bit more rugby.
0: Yeah, I suppose that absolutely, and I think that's where you put them. You, you, know, they're on the back foot then, and they have to adapt their game plan. I suppose the one thing they do offer you, and we saw that in in November ourselves when we were completely outplayed, but we were still in the game on the scoreboard because they don't put up these big numbers, but you're running up against a brick wall in defence and, you know, you might not seem out of it, but a 12-point lead is like a 30-point lead against other teams when it's England. So what has changed or, like, do you see opportunities for, not even specifics, but, like, if you take Farrell, you take uh, uh, Galtier, you take Townsend, Pivac, whoever, like, in the last three months, four months, will they have spotted a way past... Maro told you, just standing over the ball and taking it in every ruck <laughs> whenever you're attacking. You know what I mean? Because like, that's what it feels like to me watching England at the moment. It's just like no ruck is even safe. Never mind anything else, and you're not getting past the bit's defense, and you're scoring twelve points a game, and fifteen is enough for them.
1: Well, it's like make it's all about that par. How do you negate that, um, that power par uh, game that they come with week in week out? And it's almost like they prefer to. To tackle people rather than carry the ball yeah um you know, even against ireland in that second half like they just looked like they were third fourth gear just smashing them smashing them smashing them. they seem to get get more energy and uh from defending that's just like geez i would hate to be playing in, in that england team in the minute yes they're winning but like it's surely you gotta evolve um and the analysis that has been done by mervyn murphy at ireland the video analysis you know the other lads around the different countries will be doing exactly the same they will try and find weaknesses and try to exploit those weaknesses in the in the english defense because they have been defending for such large parts of games so surely there has to be um a weak chink of armor in there somewhere that you can try and exploit they have this rush defense you know the Finn Russell chip over the top, turning teams around all the time is uh, is something that teams try to do against them from mm. time to time, but it doesn't necessarily work. Um, but it it's very difficult, as you and I both know, to to outpar England and mm. team to try to do that. Come off second best, so it's about the, the finer details, Mick, and that's why I'm not an international head coach. <laughs> Andy Farrell, Gregor Townsend, the rest of. The, the lads across will will be able to peck holes in, in, in this English defence and, and hopefully score a few tries against
0: them. Yeah, we did see it though, even though when, when, when the Billy Burns came in and chipped it in behind, um we had some success uh in November. So maybe there is some uh, maybe there's some uh, regression in England. So if England are six to five uh and fifteen to eight to win the Grand Slam, France five to two, five to one to win the Grand Slam. And then you have Ireland seven to two, 12 to one for a Grand Slam. I think that might be a little bit beyond us at the moment. And Wales out there fourteen to one, and here's one that I love, right? Forty to one, and Adbrooks to win the grandstand because everybody knows when Wales are at their worst, and we always think they're beaten, and they're going back to struggling with the likes of Italy and Georgia. That's when they go and win a grandstand, isn't it? Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody watching this, though, like, don't be putting any money on Wales
1: to win the grandstand, like forty-one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Like guy would be putting money on. There not to be a grand slam this year and also not to be a triple crown i think again with the new crowds and i know i'm repeating myself when i say about the new crowds but you look at the premiership footballer uh, football and uh, the teams you know the results are all over the place at the minute because of the, the lack of home support um and it does make such a huge difference so um i would actually go for no grand slam winner and possibly no triple crown winner either i think you get odds at around 10 to 11. You know close to even money for uh for that not to happen so and again the way the games are spread out you know a lot of people are going ah oh, you know england you know you probably fancy him do the grandson Well, hold on they have to come to ireland like you know to, to play ireland in the aviva um and you know just the way the fixtures are set up with the lack of fans and yeah i just feel that you know that them two odds are certainly better than your 40 to one
0: <laughs> Fair, enough. <laughs> Fair enough Fair enough I'm just thinking of, I'm just taking of history but like is there anything to suggest to you that Wales uh, were in a transition that they might be coming out of in any way like I mean they they still have some very good rugby players you know and like the only teams they beat since PIVAC has taken over is Italy twice and Georgia they've lost twice to Ireland they've lost twice to England they've lost to Scotland and they lost to France you know it's not a great record so far uh, I think they lost six in a row in there actually during that time as well. You know, they've got rid of their defence coach. So they've looked, you know, they're, I don't I don't think they've actually replaced them, but, you know, maybe they won't do this drift defence in the way they have that obviously hasn't worked for them in 2020. If you're a Wales fan, what are you thinking about? Like, you know, first of all, you've got a really good record. The last three times I think Ireland have been there in the Six Nations. You've won um, in Cardiff. Um what I don't know what, what is the straws that the, the Welsh fans are clutching at at the moment,
1: yeah. Well, obviously, history like that's um, you know, it's a tough place to, to get a result. Um, I think me and Pivac actually feel sorry for him because he hasn't had the experience of 70 or 80,000 in the Principality Stadium, sure, yeah. um, cheering on his team, and, and, and that's that is huge. You know, the other international matches that had to play at Parky Scarlet's small, very windy stadium, um, and a lack of atmosphere altogether never mind um you know just it, it's a tough place parking scarlet to go and you know scotland got a result there um and i certainly feel going back to the principality that just you know walking into the changing rooms where you know allaman jones is one grand slams and you know it's just that mm. you know they'll feel a lot more at home you know walking out into a big arena a huge pitch and um they're a lot more familiar surroundings which which could help them, uh, help their performance. But Pivac, like, yeah, it, it has been a struggle. Uh, but what I would say is that, you know, when he came into the scarlets, he didn't make them a good team overnight. It took time. Um, and I certainly believe he needs more time. If, uh, if he has a really bad run over the next eight weeks, it might be curtains for him, but I would like to see him given a bit, a bit of time and, uh, to build a squad and people are saying that it is an agent squad Nice, you know you look at it on paper you're 100 right it, they have a lot of good players there it's just about getting getting them to the tick. and welsh fans from warren gatlin was head coach and, and as a player playing against warren gatlin's teams you knew exactly what they were going to throw at you mm. but it was stopping it that was the issue you knew the way that they were going to play their plays um even in, in multi-phase I can remember Tommy Bow sitting in a team meeting saying, "Lads, we know exactly what they're going to do. Like this, this get up and stop it. And you know, the moment you think you've got them stopped, <laughs> you know, when they get a, a half line break, and, and and then you know they're able to get across the line, and they're a really really hard team to beat when they get their tails up. Uh, and that, you know, that World Cup semi final against South Africa, you know, a depleted team, you know, nobody give them a a chance whatsoever, and they hung in there and hung in there and hung in there. And if I hadn't been for know pollard's boots they could have found themselves in a world cup final so um i hope they get back to um i'm not going to say scripted but i think pivac had this impression of getting into international rugby and just playing the way the scarlets possibly played for you know a couple of years when they were getting a bit more success and this free-flowing rugby scoring lots of tries you know maybe Winning forty points to twenty five, but you know you can't concede twenty five points in international rugby, and you're very rarely going to score forty against the big team. So it's just about balancing that out. And um, uh, yeah, he's got a few players back. Ken Owens is back uh, at Hooker. You know, obviously captain the team numerous times of British and Irish Lions, so he'll have a, a good bit of experience in there. Uh, Dan Bigger, you know, if he can get Northampton starting to pick it up a little bit, hopefully he can go well also. But yeah, don't write wheels off. It's actually close on, on, on the batting. I think it's, yeah. there's only one, one or two points in the handicap. So uh, yeah, I, I expect it to be a really, really tight game.
0: Yeah, Ireland are a point and a half favorites, I suppose, and I I guess you know we're not in the same situation as Wales. We're not coming off like we were, you know, that um, such a bad year that we're kind of like scratching our heads as to how we were champions one year and then lose, you know, basically all six of our big games the year after. But we're not in a great place either. And since uh, since basically we won um, every game except, except one in twenty eighteen, things haven't really been gone that well. We did sign off. We, you know, we beat Wales comfortably. We beat Scotland comfortably, but again in the big game against England, we were found a bit wanting. We don't really still know where Ireland are, or do we? Or are we just that team now? Are we the third best team in the Six Nations battling it out with Wales, and really are a level below England and, and and France? I suppose that's what we'll not what we'll find out over the next few weeks.
1: That's what we're going to find out. And like, if I asked you, you Mick. Make- uh, right now, where do you see Ireland finishing in the Six Nations? Would you say second, third? Like you probably would. If you asked a lot of the pundits, mm. you know what they're feeling is you were probably they would probably totally agree with us that you know I, I don't think they are a better team uh, than England. Results have shown that over the last year or so. Um, you know, Andy Farrell and the coaching staff have had their uh betting in period. Um and you know, they need to show us that we're going in the right direction. I think the appointment of Paul O'Connell, I know I chatted up about him on here before, it could be significant. Um just to you know that accuracy around their line out has maybe cost them at times over the in, in the last few games. Um and they iron out a few creases there. So yeah, I suppose one other negative to throw in here, Mick, is is the, the loss of Calen Doris, yeah. um who is one back to uh his province in leinster there's rumors coming out that you know it's a you know, concussion related um somewhere down that line it's not actually a, a pulled muscle or you know a knee ligament injury or anything like that it's something to do with, with his head so you know precautions have to be taken and the right decision has been made to, to send him back for medical treatment or expiration or whatever on, on um, the other one's Quinn Roo who's out now that's not a, as big a loss as killing Doris who probably would have started for Ireland but at the same time it rejigs things once again ram has been brought in uh into the mix um along with uh, Gavin Coombs so again new faces coming in Glad's leaving it just sort of upsets uh, you know the Apple cart a little bit um when it comes to, uh, around that team so yeah we'll, we'll wait and see You know, Johnny Sexton as well, went off injured, like, I know we're for, like, broken records talking about Johnny (laughs) Sexton and and hamstring injuries. Um, I was just about to call Johnny Sexton Johnny Hamstring there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what he's going to be known, yeah, yeah. Well, he's still got got the Tom Brady look, so we've got another kind of five, six years to bed that in, you know, so uh, I see that he had the shaved head as well, so.
1: He may come to Ulster in a couple of years' time and take us to the Heineken Cup final. or You know, something, something like Tom Brady would do. Like
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that. yeah. Pete Lentz along the way.
1: Question marks, Mick, isn't there? There's mm, question marks. Yeah, everywhere. Everything. Everywhere. Question marks over selection. I know, I know there's always going to be question marks over selection, but... John Cooney, like his, his face just doesn't fit. That's fine. I could see John Cooney leaving Ulster at the end of the, this season or the end of whenever his contract's over and moving away. Why, why, if he was offered a big contract in France or Japan, would he not go if his face isn't fitting in the international? Um, you know, he's thirty, coming 31 next year. Um, and These are decisions that will be made over, over the course of the next couple of years, but very interesting ones. Um, and I think, you know, even the squad of... You know the the props. I think they're definitely a, a prop or two light. If, mm. uh, tag for not not lads with much game time. James Low, not much game time. Gary Ringrose, not much game time. Um, uh, you know Tom O'Toole, like you know he's arguably Ulster's third choice tight head. Like sure, you know uh, yeah, and he, he he was on the bench for the A team. Um, come on and got absolutely opened up on a couple of scrums jeez you know imagine him against Kyle Sinclair like or some of the English front row eat him up and spit him out so uh, that's that's an area of concern as well Finley Bealham he done Andy Farrell a favor by jumping across the his wrong side during the Autumn Nations Cup (laughs) didn't go to plan against Georgia and then all of a sudden he's not in the squad like yeah just, just those question marks and those talking points they're always going to be there but for some reason they seem to be specifically more there this time around and yeah. um we all hope make it it works out yeah of course it works out but it's an attritional six weeks or you know eight weeks ahead of us we're going to pick up a few knocks there's going to be lads in and out um, and is our strength and depth and key positions good enough to, to win as a championship? And at the minute, I don't think it is.
0: Yeah, no, it's a very fair point. You need the squad absolutely over the course of a, like a nutritional Six Nations and especially the amount of injuries that are being picked up at the moment. But I suppose the other side of it that I would just, how much does it transfer, right? Ulster playing as good rugby as they've played in a long time. Munster seem like they're really on the the precipice of something. Leinster are what Leinster always are. Connacht are playing very well as well. You know, the Irish provinces are absolutely flying at the moment. That's not really massively unusual coming into a Six Nations, but how much does it matter? You know, Tyburn is playing really, really good rugby. He's probably going to start, if I suppose, if Henderson doesn't make it. We don't know yet. We'll know the team later in the week. But, like... These guys are in a bit of form, whereas that might not be the case. Um, that might not have been the case kind of leading into the, pre, into the last year's Six Nations or into into November.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not.
1: Yeah, yeah no, no. You, like, you, you have to take something out of where the last three or four games have been for the provinces and the standard rope that they've played. Uh, from an Ulster point of view, I think it probably doesn't. You know translate into the international game because they've, they've only a couple of players in there plus yeah. you know the, the two half decent teams that they like they they went away to gloucester who are rock bottom of the gallagher premiership got beaten got beaten by toulouse at home you know went to leinster with uh hopes of getting a result and you know got them you know capitulated in the second half fell apart in the second half so i think from an ulster point of view you can kind of sweep that to one side but from Ulster and or sorry Munster and Leinster especially that game that was played down at Thomond Park there was some really good um uh, some really good stuff showing there and you know some players stepped up to the mark and uh you know Leinster got the job done we know that but yeah I think it will translate a little bit into the international team it has to because there's going to be partnerships there you're probably looking at Henshaw and Ringrose in the centre you know you're probably looking at um you know, O'Mahony and TJ Standard in the back row. So, you know, these relationships that are worked on day in, day out for the provinces, they're going to come together um, in the international stage also. So, yeah, hopefully that that comes to fruition indeed. But, yeah, well, I think we're all going to see exactly where Ireland are um after the first game, and um then people will, will make their minds up. You know, if Ireland go away to Wales and get beaten, you, you can just... Imagine reading the paper on the Monday morning that Farrell isn't the right man to take mm. forward. Like you know, that's that's how fickle professional sport is. Um, I'm, we're all there. We're all banging different drums at different times. But yeah, you know, let's get behind, let's get behind the boys and and see how they go this weekend. And uh, fingers crossed, they can get a, a result.
0: Can I ask you about kind This is probably more of a question for next week or so. But i I know we're kind of going long here. But you played in numerous Six Nations championships. How much does it matter, it's, or is it one of those things that's more from the outside looking in, something like momentum, something like Ireland going and get beat in, in Wales, we have to play France at home the following week, how do you pick yourself up? Or, Jesus, we've beaten Wales, we've had an away win here, we've got the two big teams at home, there's a chance here. You know How much does that play into the actual performance in the 80 minutes once you do go into the next week?
1: Yeah, well, like I'd say game plans certainly change throughout the tournament. Uh, from previous results, uh, of course. Like every time I pulled on the Irish jersey, I felt like I, you know, you could beat anybody um, on any given day. And the only team that I, I didn't beat was uh, was New Zealand, um, unfortunately. But um, you know, I, I think Ireland, if they go away uh, this weekend and they get beaten, like Six Nations over, like you know, you yeah. I, I don't think you're gonna, uh, you you're gonna win the Six Nations. Um, and you, you're going to have to go away to wheels and, and get that victory to try and get that momentum. And that's what it's about. It's about trying to find that momentum. And the only way you can do that is by by winning games and getting off to a fast start. You know, 2009 Grand Slam, and it's cliche and post match interviews, i oh, take it game by game. And, you know, everybody's just looking forward. You know, you see the football, it's the next moment. And, you know, we're looking forward to next week. And, you know, not look forward to Champions Cup or anything else. And, as, as cliché as it is, you know you fo- you focus so much. Everything is put in this week. The wheels—that is it. You know the coaching staff and the video analysis guys—they might have you know the ball rolling on a few things, working on for for uh, Scotland or for England. But right this week, you know every kilogram of weight that you're lifting in the gym, every uh, you know play that you're running uh, throughout the week in training is put in to try and beat wheels. And you know the game plan is for wheels. Bits of that game plan might be implemented in certain and uh, other parts of the tournament. But this week it's just about wheels. And then if you get that job done, your attention turns to France. And that that's the way you gotta approach it. Because if you do get ahead of yourself, um, like you know we did certainly at the World Cup in 2011, you know we come unstuck in a in a a quarter final that on paper we should have won every day of the week so you know that's the focus that's the mindset the mentality is just wheels 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 this week and then if you can get that win that's where the momentum comes from Mick
0: Okay well look hopefully Ireland can get the win and we're talking next week with a slightly and, and again you'll we'll know kind of more about where we are as well after this game in the terms of performances and selections and everything else last question I have for you before we go the Autumn Nations Cup was boring rugby and not just because there was nothing on the line it was a styles clash a lot of times look we're talking about the same teams here do you get the sense that we're kind of in for another sort of attritional sort of like box kicking kind of boring six nations or is there something there to suggest that we might get a little bit more attacking rugby a little bit more exciting rugby and maybe that comes down to what, what we talked about with England earlier and how they adapt yeah well I
1: thought during the autumn's autumn nations cup that we would see guys uh on the periphery of you know ireland selection or wales selection whatever it may be coming in and playing in those matches but that wasn't the case it's pretty much the same personnel that are taking the pitch this weekend that took the pitch in the autumn nations cup yeah so i don't i don't see much changing like um it's international rugby it can be a drag at some stages well we're definitely going to see a lot of kicking um, and uh, yeah, Mick, to answer your question, I can't see it. It's the same players, same coaches, um, trying to win test matches, and um, you know, keeping it cagey, keeping it tight, not overplaying in the wrong areas of the pitch is, is, it, is what it's all about. So yeah. I'm expecting more of the same um maybe france is the exception if they can you know get their tails up and play a bit as you and and maybe scotland to a certain extent with with, with finn russell we all you know we know that he can he can switch it about so much but yeah i think we're in for more of the same um and yeah it wouldn't surprise me that uh you know come the end of this championship there's a lot more criticism once again put to the six nations and to international rugby for it not giving everybody what what they wanted, and I'm not sure to make if that is down to mm. you know seventy thousand people not being twicking them with you know millions of pounds being put into corporate events and put into you know lots of money being spent and people getting value for their money. Yeah, um, like you know uh, if you had offered me a ticket for the Autumn Nations Cup to go and watch. <laughs> Uh, Ireland versus Wales. I'll put a, I probably go and say I, thanks very much, Mick, and give it to one of my mates. Like, you know, it, it wasn't that; it just it wasn't gripping. It wasn't exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's let's hope let's hope I'm wrong. I, I sincerely hope I am wrong, and that we do see a bit more free flow flowing rugby that we have witnessed a lot in the Pro 14, which has been brilliant. Um, I think the Pro 14 has got a lot stronger, especially over the last six months. Um, and uh, you know that's integrated into the the international setup but yeah we'll wait and
0: see yeah and at the very least the close games that you're kind of predicting in sort of maybe a very open championship in 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 results wise might negate the fact that the rugby isn't all that exciting hopefully anyway look either way i'm looking forward to it um we'll see how ireland get on um against wales at the weekend we'll see how the other teams get on and we'll chat next week ahead of uh ahead of ireland france and the other games as well but look as i said I'm I'm after leaving us on a downer here, Stevie. I feel very guilty about it. It was an epic show, much longer than our usual show. So I apologize for that. And I really do hope you enjoyed the, the rugby at the weekend.
1: Yeah, you too, Mick. Legend. Thanks
0: very much. Thanks a million, Stevie. And listen, we mentioned odds a lot on the show. If you are having a bet on anything at all this weekend, please do gamble responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for more information. We'll be back with more build-up next week. As I said, we'll have um, Stevie on again to look ahead to Ireland and France. And we'll have lots more as well. We're going to be looking at some horse racing and some football as well. So join us then. Thanks a million.